What's up, everybody? This is your man, Ryan. And this is Ronnie. And together we are Team, Team Ryoni. Ryoni. And this is the 1111 Podcast. A little bit about ourselves. I'm from Florida. And I'm from Tennessee. We both attended HBCUs. And that connection brought us together. If it wasn't obvious by now, we're a couple. A couple with uh, strong opinions. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> no, seriously, though. We're here to talk about any and everything. We hear and we see a lot. And we just want to speak our thoughts. That's right. We'll be speaking on things we love, like music and all the crazy things happening in the media. And don't forget, we set the mood for the people. That's where we get serious, goofy, or even a little freaky. <laughs> freaky, huh? I said what I said. Oh, all right. So sit back. Chill out. And enjoy this episode of the, the 1111 podcast. podcast. What's up, guys? What's up, everybody? How are y'all doing today? Or this well, week? Yeah, well, we actually, they can't respond. They can. Anyway. <laughs> They're responding um, out there. It's fine. Yeah, man, it's a new week, new topics, new um everything. You know, this um, is what, the third year into the new, like, decade? Hope we've been making what? some week. Third week, the yeah. yeah. You said third year. Did I? Yeah. Yikes. I don't know. It happens. Anyways, we have a special guest today. Yes, we have Kiana. Say hey to the people. <laughs> yeah. We How are. are you doing, Kiana? Pretty good. Pretty good. That's yes. good. You know, Kiana is a proud tiger. Yeah. You know, from the land of golden sunshine. So wildcat. That's cool. We don't want to be. <laughs> why be a wildcat when you can be a tiger? Okay. Yeah. Well, we got why we have Kiana on the show. Yeah, we'll get uh, but, to more of that later. But you know how it goes. Music. Music, music, music. So, Meg the Stallion has a new, excuse me, Meg the Stallion featuring Norman has a new song called Diamonds. It is on the um, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey soundtrack, which is a DC film, DC comic book film for those who may or may not know. It's about Harley Quinn. Yes, it's about Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the song is the song is okay. I haven't watched the video yet. What do, what do you think? The video is dope. It was really good. Video. You didn't get to see the video? I'm gonna have to watch the video now. No, the video yeah. is bad. Like it kind of um it kind of goes off that whole like Harley Quinn thing. So it kind of has like a carnival feel to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's a uh, it's they they are. Meg and Normandy together, like I like them separately. I never thought to put them together, but now I've heard them together. I need more of it. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is so good. So for me, I'm giving that one a ten out of eleven because I feel like it was catchy. It just wasn't like a ah, but I like. Yeah, it. I don't. I don't know what I'm ready because I only seen like one little this snippet video she had uh, with Meg and like two other random girls. Um, shaking ass <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better term, <laughs> yeah, so um, I seen that and I haven't seen the actual video, but the song, the song itself is cool. Um, apparently, it's like the main song, like for the yeah, film. It, it probably will be. It's, it's rated R too, so like okay. they think, unless they soundtrack, probably gonna be pretty uh, explicit, uh, yeah, and pretty, yeah, straightforward. So, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not rating that. Uh, cause I, I don't, I haven't heard it enough to actually rate it. So it's fine. I'll take that one by myself. But yeah. Future and Drake also have a new song about life is good. Yeah, life is good. 
Um, it, it's straight to me. I mean, it sounds like a future and Drake song. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed by it. Like some people are. Uh, a lot of people like Future's verse better than Drake's. Mm. Um, Tiana, you said you heard it, right? Yeah. Oh, look, as, as Brian's talking, I'm like in my head, like, eh. So I like Future and Drake together. I love the other albums they had together. Um, it was this song was very underwhelming. Like it started off good. Mm. And then like it just kind of yeah it ain't really do much <laughs> and Drake and Future are like their sound is so different that I don't think they did a good job in this song they've done well in the past but for some mm-hmm. reason with this song it was too choppy like it was Drake mm-hmm. and then I feel like Future just popped out of nowhere yeah uh, weird. I didn't like the feel of it but mm-hmm. so if you had to rate it out of 11 what are you rating it about a six. About a six. Yeah. I'll probably go with a seven or eight. Okay, okay. I was like, maybe you always like, overrate. Ryan, you feeling so bad. Uh, I, really <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm in the You know, I'm not I'm not a future fan in real life, so <laughs> in any life. I said in, in real life. Maybe in maybe in a past life. I don't know. Yeah. But, Tiana, we're gonna play like a, a mini game with you. Okay, are you ready? Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna give you a scenario. Okay. And we're all gonna kind of like say what song, you know, we feel like we would listen to for that scenario. Okay. Okay. Like all right. It. So the first scenario, it's Monday morning. Mm-hmm. You wake up. You're getting ready for work. But you just can't shake, you know, that Monday rut, like, oh, I got to go back to work. The weekend was so great. Uh-huh. What song are you playing that's kind of, like, get you in that groove to, like, you know, put you in a better mood to have a great week? Mm, that's interesting. Because I'm not a fan of Mondays most of the time. <laughs> I'm really not. Let me think. Monday funk. What would I... Okay, so this is super, like, unrelated. Like, it, it doesn't go, like, oh, let's get motivated to get your week started. But on my playlist, my title playlist recently, I've been mm-hmm. listening to um, They Like with Yo Gotti and um, Lucci. Okay. Nothing about that song. It just always reminds me, like, forget your feelings. Just get it done. Yeah. But that's not really what the song is about, but, yeah. I mean, if yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. If that's, okay, what, that's what, what it does for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine would be a uh, mood at dope by future. Mood at dope. That is that is my Monday morning song because it's like you know everyone within your field, whatever you do, it's it's your version of dope. So you know, get to it. <laughs> mood at dope. Yeah, I be in my car blasting it all the way to my corporate job. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> drug dealing in my head. Right. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure what I would choose. I think I know what I would choose. What would you choose? I'll probably just go with 24K, Bruno. That's going to get me hyped. That's going to get me moving. And, you know, pop, pop at showtime. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that'll get me going. Okay. All right. Okay. I can agree with all of those. All I like right. those. All right. So, so scenario right. two. All right. So there's this person, you know, guy, girl, that you're feeling. It's for both of y'all. Mm-hmm. 
and you know you you finally ready to get sexy for them so you know you in the mirror you prepping you get your mind right you're ready mm-hmm. what's that song that you gonna play that makes you just feel like you know that boss like you can just go out there and you know snatch up anybody yep just snatch them all up so it would definitely be this set. Oh my god, it sounds so cliche. It would definitely be a Meg the Stallion song because I love <laughs> like oh, so cliche boss bitch she is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like so, my favorite line that she has like ever said is like, <laughs> "I love my niggas equally," and it's not like I have a team or anything, but it's just that thought process. Mm-hmm. Dudes think that they can do whatever, and like <laughs> girls can too. But yeah. Yeah, so and I love the fact that Meg the Stallion kind of embraces that, but then she's still low key to her. Like even if she do have a team, you not gonna ever know because her her intention is not to like throw any on face. It's more right. so for her to know that she always a bitch. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, and I don't even remember what song off the top of my head it is. But honestly, anything Meg the Stallion. Anything Meg Stallion. Yeah, because I I feel like it automatically is sexy because it's her, but then it also embodies that like empowerment piece. That's like yeah. Yeah. Nah, I feel that. I feel that. She definitely, she definitely does that. That's why I love Meg too, because she kind of has that effortless, like she doesn't care what anybody says about her. <laughs> but I think she's also like a very genuine and real person. Like I don't think she'd be out here like breaking hearts for fun. Yeah. But, yeah. Like it seems like you know her relationship seems like she was in it. Now that she's not, she's not. And yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> We're done with her life. And we're done with that. <laughs> exactly. It's like that we're not doing that anymore. We're just gonna keep going on. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. For me, I think it would be something by Rihanna. Ooh. Yeah. Like what? Rihanna. Ah let me think. Like, I like, I like what's that? Cake. Cake is one of my I don't know. It just kind of makes you feel like it does it does something like all of rihanna's music though i feel like because she herself also has that like i'm gonna do what i want to do like if i want to go out here and i want you Mm -hmm. i can get you and if i want him i'm gonna get him too and she does it so smoothly i don't know (laughs) i love me some riri like Mm -hmm. that's my girl so yeah, it would be something, Rihanna. I just can't put a specific with it. Mm, I'm not gonna lie, I don't have a song I can think of <laughs> that that that'll put me there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have a song. I would have to like, okay, I'll probably need like a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple songs. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a song. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to skip this one. Oh, <laughs> if I think of one, it's the next two years. All right, so the last move that I can think of is a mood where, like, it would be two different things. Somebody just pissed you off. Like, you know, somebody's at your job and you've told them the same thing 60 times, but they're in the email like they don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, your parent might be getting on your nerves or your significant other, a sibling. Somebody just really ticks you off. What is the song that you're going to play, like, for that mood that you know can kind of let you like live out your feelings through your headphones, mm-hmm. so you don't snatch their head off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going with Drake Mob Ties. That's a classic for me. For which one? Uh, Drake Mob Ties by Drake. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that one. I can't, yeah, that one's a good one. Mine would definitely be Don't Hurt Yourself by Beyonce. Because <laughs> that morning, like, who the f- do you think I am? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you said Rainy Alarm. No, no, no. I was just <laughs> the mood. That is, nah. Um, I'm going to throw it back. Give me Trick Daddy. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> okay. What's up? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> slap by Ludacris. I think it's another Ooh, one. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, yeah, slap, slap. That, that, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. yeah. That was like my high school, y'all. It's yeah. me off. So. Ludacris is no longer a United States citizen. <laughs> 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 He's um, a guy Yeah. But I heard. Suppose like his it, wife it, is Guyanese, and so his kids have dual citizenship. Yeah. So yeah. I think he maybe. probably got dual. I don't know. What are you gonna say, Keon? He just talked about. I saw that he just posted that on um Instagram mm-hmm. recently, but I can't remember if it was like dual citizenship in Ghana or dual citizenship in his wife's country. Because what a lot of people don't know is it's actually very easy for Americans to get dual citizenships in uh African countries because unfortunately like they kind of benefit from us being citizens mm-hmm. opposite way around which mm-hmm. I hate to say that but that's the truth. Um because mm-hmm. almost ex husband is Nigerian so that was always a like an option for me. But it literally would have been like oh, so this so this is such an asshole move but like for fun. Like oh I'm a Nigerian citizen also but like, what does it really mean when I'm an American citizen? You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. it wasn't as easy for him to get American citizenship. So, gotcha. um, yeah, I'm a little salty about that, but <laughs> but I think that he did get dual citizen. Um, what's his name? Blue Chris did recently get dual citizenship with some African country. Yeah, yeah. Because I did see a report where someone said it was Ghana, and other people said you know wherever his wife is from. So. Yeah, it's I think right that he definitely got it. his whole family, like yeah. mom, dad, I think cousin or something. I don't know, but yeah. But I've heard the whole thing about people like Ghana is like asking people to come. You know, they're accepting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And that's a whole other thing. That's that's easy to do. <laughs> I don't even think it's about money, but well, yeah. clear then. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, I'm gonna just, just give me a place out there, fly over there, still have my place in the United States. Oh, yeah. Just people got to know the right people. Right. <laughs> All right. On to the media madness. Media madness. Media madness. Media madness. So, I'm sure everyone has been seeing Boosie's a noob now. Honorary <laughs> <laughs> noob. <laughs> I was so confused as to what was happening. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, so Boosie bought, and this is how it happened. So he went into the mall looking for like a red sweater or something. Oh, and uh, I guess this particular mall was selling Greek Nelia, like in one of those, like the middle, the little vendors or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so he seen the red sweater and was like, oh, shoot, this is fly. So he bought it. <laughs> and wore it to and a basketball game. In the, in the, in the courtside seats, wore it there and just, you know, like it wasn't nothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm so because I kept looking on his on his page, like on his Instagram page, like, okay, maybe I missed a probate. Maybe I'm <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you ain't missed none of that. <laughs> the news, the breaking news. I was like, when I say I was so confused, I was so confused. Like, yeah. listen, he missed the probate too, girl. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he knew what he was doing. I mean, because at crazy point, his brother is a captain. Uh-huh. So like you have you had to know something about it. Uh and, and, you know the craziest part is that I'm not even that I wouldn't be upset at Boosie. Boosie apologized. He's trying to somewhat give back to the capitalist somehow. Um he's trying to learn to dance. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but it, it, it's trying to wipe me down. 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 Yeah, because there was a lot of Greek, it was this random uh Greek group, not group, but like Facebook page, that, Instagram page, I'm sorry, that I follow. And a lot of them were saying that. They're like, well, you know, like the Kappas do stroll to his music. And I was even more confused because I'm like, yeah, that's true. And that wasn't, that's not the prop. Like, that still doesn't problem, take really. care of the original issue. Like, yeah. and like that's not a problem. <laughs> that's not the same thing as you wearing an organization's paraphernalia. Like, like you make songs for people to dance to, like yeah. for people to vibe to. But I feel like someone who's been like this within the gang life, you should understand, like oh, yeah. not doing something yeah, that like you he, didn't like. You you understand that you understand yeah, that he concept. Knew. Well, he, he kind of knew. Well, he he kind of knew because he said also that he thought that um, he would get love for it, for like you know repping the Capitals or what you know. What I'm saying he thought he would get love for it and not this hate. So, you know, his brother explained to him everything. So he understands he ain't supposed to like do none of that shit no more. But he just wanna he just wanna do the shimmy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now he's been getting on live with like different people. Just show me how to do the yeah. shimmy. The dance. The dance y'all do. The dance. Give <laughs> this man an honorary membership because at this point it's out of control. By his yeah. like he just even if they don't, he did. Now, what's been funny though, Kev on stage had a video about it, mm-hmm. and his whole point was, "Now, y'all tell me which one of y'all are really gonna go up to the man and be the murder charge and make him take that sweater off." Yeah. Okay, I wasn't gonna say nothing, but I'm like, essentially, that's what it comes down to, which is if he did know what he was doing and it was on some like power boss move stuff, I know that he also considered that because it's like, who gonna fight me? Like, yeah, I yeah. know what y'all did, and I know the rules, but who gonna fight me? Because yeah. that's really yeah. the only way. Yeah, because that's what I think. I think he really, he knew what he was doing. I just don't think he thought the the amount of attention he got, I don't think he was expecting all that with it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. that was just a bad move, Lucy. Very bad move. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, <laughs> the Kappas, well, some of the Kappas, not all of them, like some of my Kappas homeboys, was, I mean, it is what it is, but you were. Because there's nothing you can really do about it. You can't make no money off of it. The most you can do is, like, you know, don't disrespect our stuff. And, you know, you know, don't worry. Y'all can explain that to him. And yeah. He understands now. Uh, but I think one of the things that came out of this whole thing was the people who weren't Greek at all and how they talking and how they be like, oh, I would, you know, I'd do the same thing. Or, you know, people are people hurt. Yeah, like people, <laughs> people that are hurt and that got, that got denied from different organizations talking all this shit because Kappa did. I mean, because Boosie did what he did. Like, bro, y'all shut up, man. Y'all, yeah. Kappa's interested in me. It didn't get picked. You want to talk your shit now? Like, 
don't use this as an opportunity to express your hurt. Right. <laughs> and why does that make that wouldn't make me feel good? Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah, because like like any organization, you're not gonna wear anybody else's like, it's not like wearing school paraphernalia. Like if people try to get mm-hmm. like wearing a school's uh, paraphernalia or wearing like uh NBA team or NFL team, yeah. you're not part of the orders. It's not it's work. not the same. Like yeah. you're not wearing an army, uh, an actual army, like official army um, jacket or suit mm-hmm. or whatever. Like camouflage is not army. So yeah. you know, so you're not gonna wear that, you're not gonna wear yeah, even if it's you know the band or any any other organization. Right, because I'm not walking out here in a shirt. Yeah, like <laughs> right, like you're not a part of the organization. So why are you wearing it? Like that's that's the that's the level of disrespect. And I don't know. White watch white frats don't do it. White people don't hang wearing random white frat letters. Yeah, sorority letters. True. <sighs> yeah, that was wild. All right, all right. What's on? What's, what's, what's next on the list? Lonnie Love. Oh yeah, was on the View. Yeah, I'm out there. And she made a statement. Actually, we're just gonna play y'all the clip. In the black community, I'm gonna, you know, I don't speak for the black community, but I do think that a lot of black men they really don't know how to have true faithful relationships. They think because they have money because they have power that they can treat women any kind of way. Lonnie Love is saying things. And that is something we need to work on. We need to work on uh, that, that money and power does not mean that you I can guess. just do whatever you want to do. I think sadly in so many cultures, that is the whole yeah. machismo thing. Like That's, that is yeah. that goes across the board, but I, I'm going to no, say... it's not across the board because what is happening is that we are still dealing with the point of uh, slavery, and we are descendants of slavery. And because our families were broken up, we still do not have an idea of wh- how to have together families because our families were broken up. So, yeah. Though so apparently, you know, she feels like black men are slacking. And ultimately, it kind of stems all the way back to slavery. And I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I love how empathetic she was because she can be a little like cutthroat, which I'm here for, but it, it doesn't always feel good. Um, but I love how like empathetic she was in regards to the situation, but then also not like excusing the behavior, right? Um, because I think that there are still implications of state of slavery that inform like our psyche now and like mm-hmm. how black people operate both as individuals and as family units <clears throat> but I also think with like the black men cheating and like not respecting women piece I think that piece is more so them like being victims of patriarchy and male privilege and not valuing women and mm-hmm. not feeling like women really matter enough to not be cheated on or to not be treated <laughs> You know, like less than. Yeah. I think there's more to that, but I do like that she did really emphasize that piece because that is a part of it too. It, it definitely is a part of it, and like you, it's kind of like you said because ultimately, I think because men have that privilege of being kind of more dominant mm-hmm. in a male society, like a male dominated society, women are sometimes seen as a commodity instead yes. of as an actual human being, and so that in turn allows men to sometimes treat women certain ways because of the action. And it's mm-hmm. so funny because Ryan and I, well, I got into a real heated debate <laughs> on 
about this with some friends last night because ultimately, like I told them, I was like, I'm a black woman. I don't feel protected by black men as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, like, I feel like black men that, like, black men I know, like, you know, I have a dad and I have brothers and like Ryan, you know, there, there are black men in particular that I think would, but it's more of because I'm somebody important to them. Yeah, yeah. And so it's still that in association, because even like I told them, you know, I can, I feel like you all would treat me with respect, but that's because you respect Ryan. Yeah. Because you respect a man that I am attached to, you now respect me, but only because it's in relation to another male type Mm -hmm. thing. So, you know, everything Lonnie Love said, I agree with it. But it all ultimately stemmed from a situation that happened with Ari Lennox. That's kind of how she got on that. A man had called Ari Lennox a... Lonnie Love? Yeah. Ain't that how she... No, they they didn't talk about it. That had nothing to do with it. Dang, I thought that's where the clip started. No, that she was literally... The clip was just talking about um, black men aren't faithful because of slavery. That was was her main thing. Yeah. Um. And, and she was saying, you know, she's saying, especially I guess successful black men. And I, I just. How do you feel? You're a black man. I want to hear your opinion, just you know, for balance. <laughs> for balance, it's two to three. Right? I mean, two to one right now. <laughs> so you better have a strong opinion. <laughs> Her. It's it's the generalization. That's that's that. That's killing it. Like. You can't just say black men do this because this. Like you're you're taking. I don't think most black men are doing that. Like the people we see, yeah, especially social media, you gonna you gonna see you gonna see it portrayed the negative or whatever. Or the people who's hurt, they're gonna express their feelings more than people who's not been being hurt or not being, uh, you know, who people who's being protected and all that stuff. Because most people who being protected is like I'm protected, so you know, it's not it's not as big as uh. It's not, not, yeah, it's not an emphasis on it because it's what the norm should be, I guess. But the negative, um, the negative is always pushed like everybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? I I don't think it's the majority of black men doing it. Um, as as you know, as a blanket statement, a blanket general, black men don't do this or whatever. Um <laughs> No, say what you're about to say. So how do you think so many women, like we can get a group of women together in mm-hmm. a room from different culture, well, from different, even within the black community, <clears throat> we can do different age ranges, different economic statuses. You can even do like, they like different type of men. Yes, yes. And still, there are still these commonalities amongst all of us having very similar situations and someone treating us this way. So in that case, I feel like it doesn't make it a generalization so, if it's and, a shared thing. And it's and it's not like, because, you know, I feel like a lot of times people try to say, that's because y'all date these dudes that ain't this, you know? So then people tell you, oh, get you a college man. But then yeah. when you get the college man, he does it too. So then they say, get the professional man. And the professional man is doing the same thing that the drug dealer is doing, that's doing the same thing the crackhead is doing. <laughs> Like, all y'all are doing, and like, if I can find all these different men, and all of us are saying we're having similar experiences, it doesn't make it a generalization anymore. Because the generalization is just, this happened to me this one time, so now I'm saying everybody does it. Okay, so y'all are experienced it, right? Once, or, like, is it with 
every dude y'all talk to or have seen and every, you know what I'm saying? Like if a, a, a couple dudes that might, y'all might have experienced that doesn't account for the majority. And there, there is a lot of, yes, there's a lot of women who experience all this that you're talking about. Oh, because I did. She did mention the cheating piece. So I. Oh yeah. I can't. So I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say I've never been cheated on. I'm gonna say I don't know if I've ever been cheated on. Because right. I've never known that I got cheated on. If I did, so I just say I didn't. But I, there's no way for me to prove that. Um, but just the attitude that a lot of men have, even in the dating phase, which I feel like people's attitudes towards anything. In this situation, men's attitude towards women shows up even in a dating phase. And it doesn't change just because now you all are in a relationship or now you all are married. So, Ryan, I do agree, agree with you. And, like, we have to be careful with making blatant statements because a man that is genuinely a good man, has, like, mm-hmm. a good character, is a solid person in the beginning. He's going to also be that when you're dating and when you're or if you all get married. And the same way, just just like a man who does not have a solid character or, you know, is a good man, um, is going to be shady and, like, not be honest in the beginning, he's also not going to do those things when you're in a relationship and when you're married. So I think yeah. it's, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, and another thing about the, the generalizations or the blanket statements is the dudes who are good or trying to be good or, you know, trying to do all these things, and then you make these blanket statements like men don't do this. You're lumping them into that, which is discouraging, which is mm-hmm. like, which is almost like creating the person that you're trying to get rid of <laughs> in, in a sense. So like, it's, it, it is very discouraging. Like it's, it's you, yeah. you make people mad and then you make people not want to feel for you because you just talking bad about them. Mm-hmm. Cause most of the time, most sensible men acknowledges the bullshit y'all go through or went through or the bullshit of the other dudes. But the acknowledgement of what we're dealing with too, I think, is is still valid, still legit. And there's yeah. gotta be some type of middle ground that we have to come to. And people gotta stop being stubborn and like try to understand the other person too. That's your male and female. So I mean I yeah, I, I think I think that's what it is. Just generalize making generalizations without trying to understand the opposite side or come to an actual solution. Cause some people talk, some people just like to be hurt. <laughs> and which is like, like we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to work with you to bring a solution, but you just keep saying you hurt. And it's like, well, what do you want to do to not be hurt? Or I'm trying to, I'm suggesting these things, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So that's, that's, that's my last <laughs> That's a harsh truth that I had to realize before the uh, the new decade, or I realized before the new decade is like some people legit they 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 want better in their mind, but they don't really want better. So then they just keep yeah. attracting the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's men and women, because my experience with that has been like men saying that they want this type of woman, but then you know when when that woman shows up, they're not ready for her. They yeah. can't be for her because they so far behind or still so stu- still so stuck in that pain um relationships are weird yeah yeah people gotta let pain go that's man and woman <laughs> yeah that's yeah yeah true. people gotta know how to move forward mm-hmm. and sometimes people just be stuck where they are or in their headspace without real effort to go forward so 
Yeah. Um, totally. But moving on to a lot of note. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Something kind of fun. Um, the, that Disney proposal um, from this year that just happened. Have you, um, Keanu, have you seen it? Yes. Yeah, what you think about it? So I was so confused, like, how? How did this man do this? Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. I know the back word. He, uh, like so he, he, yeah, he's an animator. He knows how to do the graphics. Now. Oh, okay. So oh. He, he took, he got the movie, uh, and he worked, he worked on it for like six months, I think, he worked oh. to animate just that, that scene or whatever. Because I, I, I think they watched the whole movie. Yeah, they watched the regular movie. Yeah, and then when it, when it got to that part, yeah, because that was her favorite Disney movie or whatever. So oh, my. that part, it changed. And, um, yeah, she was confused. It's funny because, like, Somebody said, you know, he knows her so well because the way the cartoon character reacted was the exact same way she reacted. She re- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that. That was so cute. So, yeah, that was cool. That was, uh, me and all her friends and family was in the back, so. And that was playing very because she didn't know that they were yeah. back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, and he, um, she got good friends and family because I think somebody would have said something by the time. <laughs> you would have heard a voice or something. You would have been like, that sound like Right. Such a such. Was that my mom? Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. That that's probably one of the cutest proposals. I look, I'm a hopeless romantic, so I randomly watch proposed videos all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think for me that'll probably be top three I've ever seen. I think it was super cute. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that was good. What's your move? Tell me how you really feel. You mad, bro? Uh, you must be mad. Ain't nobody got time for that. How you feeling? Feeling great, feeling good. How are you? We lit! Can I be real with you? 11 11 smooth. 5, 4, 3, 2. So, now we can tell you why we had Kiana join us on the show this week. Kiana, can you tell them your credentials? Because I don't want to mess up your exact. <laughs> no, you're fine. So um, I am a clinical mental health counselor by training. Um, I have a bachelor's in psychology from the Tennessee State University um, and a master's in clinical mental health counseling from Lipscomb University, um, which is in Nashville also. So, yeah, I've been in the oh. mental since 2012 but I've been uh, practicing clinically like as a counselor since 2017 so yeah all right cool yeah we really wanted to have you on here because you know especially for our generation it's or just recently for everyone it's just been a really big push within like the mental health realm you know getting your mind right getting your spirit Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. You know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, Ryan and I are not trained in this arena. (laughs) We can give our opinions, you know, all day, but we just want to make sure that we get someone who actually kind of knows, you know, what they're talking about. Right. All right. So um, I guess the first question for you is, are you really excited to see so many people of color that are like being interested now in their mental health? I am one, because um, there aren't that many, like, Black clinicians in the field to begin with. So a lot of um, people say, like, well, that's why I'm going to therapy because it's hard to find, like, a Black therapist, which is true. Um, so then me being one of the few ones that are in the field, um, it's nice to kind of see the, like, 
as more of us increase, the need, or not the need, but the desire for people that look like us wanting to come to therapy also increases. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Which I think it would really affect me, but I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah, I think that that is really important because I think, uh, I know me personally, that's kind of always been my thing. Mm -hmm. Something about going down is talking to um, like a white person Mm -hmm. (laughs) about it trying to explain because now I have to try to explain to you like my feelings and defend I still feel like my view as a black person on it Mm -hmm. and so you know I would feel like having a black therapist would kind of relieve yeah that's extra stress extra um yeah just that hesitant or that extra uh, yeah yeah I would just feel like certain stuff I can't talk to you about because you're not going to understand. Right. And it's like, why am I talking to you? You're not going to understand it. You can't help me. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much culture in, intertwined with the, like with our problems. Yes. Um, right. Like, real quick, if you were like, oh, I'm having family problems, like my sibling or my parents is getting on my nerves and they stress me out and every time they call, they want something. Um, I think a non- um, culture therapist could be like oh well you know just like how could you spend less time with them how could you create boundaries and it's like mm-hmm. that shit don't work with a black family like <laughs> that's not right, right. the whole point is you missing it like yeah. Yeah. there's there's so much culture entwined in our problem intertwined in our problems that if a clinician doesn't know that they could be doing more harm than good mm-hmm. yeah that, that makes total sense um okay so one thing I've also been seeing I feel like with the increase of talking about mental health there's there's been an increase of people also like saying or openly admitting to having certain problems like anxiety self-diagnosis yeah depression and things like that so from your you know mm-hmm. expertise can you define what dep- like clinical depression is can we get like a definition of it? Yeah. So, well, okay. So I'm not gonna lie. Not a like I don't have like a you know clinical definition off the top of my head, but I can't explain like pretty thoroughly in detail if that that's because I don't have my DSM in front of me. It's on my desk at work. No, you are fine. <laughs> but so depression um, in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, is published by the American Psychological Association. Um, and they or like APA for short. Um, and it's basically like a team of psych- uh, psychiatrists that um, um, that put the manual together and like basically debate what disorders need to go in it, why, and then like how are we going to define it, and then how are we going to diagnose these disorders. So depression is considered a mood disorder in the um, DSM. So that would mean that there's some issue with like regulating your mood with depression is more so having more days than not of where you feel in a depressed mood or feel like in a very low mood mm-hmm. um, so that's the the general basis of it but there for the criteria mm-hmm. I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many criteria there are total for their mm-hmm. diagnosis but then with all diagnoses you have to basically meet a certain amount of those criteria in order to get the diagnosis. So for instance, let's say there are 10 things that define depression um, and you have to have three or four of the symptoms to get that diagnosis. That's what that would look like. That makes sense. Mm, Okay. Gotcha. So is it a thing of, so let's just say, you know, 
right now I'm just having a bad time. Like at work, things are just really stressful. So, um, you know, I more days than not, I'm kind of like having that dread. Of, ah, I don't want to go to work because things are hard, you know. So it is, you know, hard for me to get out the bed. I'm losing motivation. I may not want to eat, you know, but it's just <laughs> because right now in this moment, something is tough. Yeah. Would it be out of the way for me to then say to tell people I'm depressed? So the clinician in me is like, well, yeah, don't give yourself a diagnosis because you don't know for sure. Come in for assessment. Let's talk about it. But Mm -hmm. in real life and me knowing how the DSM work and knowing how diagnosis work, Mm -hmm. um, I don't recommend it, but anybody can buy a DSM. So you would know like what the categories are and Mm -hmm. like, what criteria you have to meet and even literally those three that you mentioned are part of the criteria so with those you probably could get a diagnosis of depression um and I'm all for like people speaking their truth so me personally I wouldn't have a problem with it but as a clinician it could be dangerous um for that person if it's just like oh I have this diagnosis but I don't even really know what that means Mm -hmm. beyond this gotcha but even so, even if you have so it's OK to say, like, you know, because life is tough right now and I'm having, you know, I am having these at the moment. But as soon as cause, you know, let's say it's like a big project. And so because of this big project, it's putting me in these moods. But once the project is over, I don't feel that way anymore. So does that like say that I wasn't depressed or is it like were you depressed for that moment? Temporary depression. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so when depression gets tricky, like some other ones in that, so like depressed isn't per se an emotion that would it would be more like I'm sad, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. So a lot of clinicians don't like when people use like I see what you're saying. Now, I'm sorry. So a lot of clinicians don't like when people just use psychological terms willy nilly because it it creates confusion around like what is your actual emo- emotion and what is the actual problem you're dealing with. And how is that different from a clinical diagnosis? Um, because with clinical depression, a per- a person, it wouldn't be as situational per se. Um, mm-hmm. because it's a dysregulation in their mood that they don't really have control over. Versus an example you're giving, it's like, okay, this project is really stressful because... Um, I have to d- devote five of my six free hours to it. And, you know, it's very emotionally intense or just very, like, mentally draining in general. Um, my best friend getting on my nerves, like, grades going in tomorrow, like, whatever, whatever else is happening in life. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be more, like, situational depression, technically. Um, but I, I would not want to tell a person, though, that, like, oh, you don't really feel depressed. So for me, that's like a is sketchy territory. Like okay. The most politically correct, probably not. But then I also am not gonna go around telling people like you ain't depressed, just stressed or having a hard time. Unless yeah. I'm just sitting down talking to them and getting more information on this situation. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Do you feel like some people, um, I guess, place themselves. And depression or diagnose themselves with depression because they are because um, they want that attention or they, they want somebody to like you know do for them or you know kind of like it's just they want that sympathy or whatever because we be this it could go both ways 
So if there are other things present, like other stuff happening, that could be a whole nother diagnosis to where, <laughs> yeah, they may uh, be depressed, but they really have a personality disorder because that's not mm-hmm. like disorder ish. Because people yeah. do, like I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. Um, people do like to use their um, mental health diagnosis or mental health symptoms as a way to um, encourage other people to be sympathetic or empathetic towards them. Um, but then there are also people like I know a lot of people that are like seriously suffering, but not saying anything too. So it can kind of go both ways. And a lot of that really is going to depend on that person's personality. Like, are they a person where they need a lot of like attention and, um, support and they aren't getting it. So they're like, oh, well. I know if I tell people that I'm depressed, which they really may be, then that'll get them to like pay me more attention um, when I'm not reaching out. Because a lot of people that are depressed tend to not be as motivated to establish or maintain friendships. So it may seem like all that one friend that I haven't heard for for a while, like, oh, she's just not texting me because she's busy. She got the stuff to do. She ain't thinking about me. That may be true, but she may also be depressed. Um, Mm -hmm. Knowing how to say that and not knowing how to say like, hey, you know, I'm stuck in my apartment like days at a time and I don't really know how to reach out for help. So I would appreciate if you reached out to me, but I don't know how to say that, but I do know how to like create empathy or um, generate situations where people feel sorry for me and automatically give me what I need. If that makes sense. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. In a a certain sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just comes down to a lot of times people just not having the appropriate skills to ask for what they need, which doesn't make it not wrong, like that could still be not the right way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, people just don't have the skills. Mm-hmm. That that actually kind of makes yeah. some sense. I, I've never thought about it that way. So I'm gonna kind of ask you the same thing when it comes to like anxiety. Um, I'm okay. So I'm gonna ask you to kind of give like your definition of what anxiety is too. Okay. Hmm. Anxiety, because it's so general. So this is just like generalized anxiety where everything makes you um, anxious or like just on high alert. Um, That's a good synonym, like just being on high alert. So um, worrying about things that haven't happened yet, but could potentially happen. Um, Maybe being hypervigilant or being excessively aware of your surroundings and aware of what's happening. Um, okay. yeah, that would be a good like kindergarten explanation. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I'm sorry, I, I should have brought my DSM home this weekend. I did. Oh, oh, no, no, you're okay. Like, we look, we need kind of the kindergarten definition. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, so, we can, you know, a general, just a general understanding. So, okay. with that, because I feel like you know, I know that there are a lot of different like mental disorders you know, mm-hmm. hundreds or whatever. But I feel like depression and anxiety is kind of the one that we hear the most. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to social media and our friends, and you know, that's kind of the ones people are willing to admit, right? Yeah. Do you think that both of those, like our culture, like with social media and all that, do you think that kind of plays a hand into people having these increases in anxiety or depression? Or any- well, first of all, do you think there's been an increase in it at all? Yes, and that's actually a problem because in the 
uh, mental health field is like, oh, well, we keep having all these better, like, pharmaceutical drugs and, like, you know, clinicians are, clinicians are more trained than ever. Like, clinicians, so therapists, counselors, um, but even also, like, psychiatrists, psychologists, like, we're all becoming more trained and more informed, but the problem isn't really getting better. Um, so, mm-hmm. I modern society in general plays into it. With social media being a huge piece of that, I would definitely say yes. Um, actually, for the thesis that I was attempting to write while in grad school, but got overwhelmed with life, um, <laughs> my answer, my question was just that. Like, how is it that depression rates are continuously going up, even though um, the availability of psychiatric medications, specifically for depression, is increasing? Like, it doesn't make sense. What's happening? And I actually came across a research from a psychologist in uh, at Kansas University. I think it was uh Kansas University. Mm-hmm. Um his name is Dr. Stephen Ilardi and he actually like did re- did research, published it, teaches it everything um called the therapeutic lifestyle change and in his research he discovered that a lot of the causes of depression or a lot there are plenty of causes but a lot of the main contributing factors to depression are actually lifestyle factors or things that we do in our everyday life. Um really as a civilization, so just like how modern civilization is set up, but then also in our individual lifestyle, like that are contributing to the bigger problem. So I would say social media, yes, um, but there are other, other parts to it too. So you think social media is, is responsible or just, just adds to it? I wouldn't say responsible. I would say adds to. Mm-hmm. Social media is a very powerful tool. I it mean, is. It is. And I, I think we got to teach um, or people got to learn or at least teach our kids now because I feel like at a, after a certain age, it's, just, it's harder to, you know, get people to, to revert back. But, hmm. you know, to people that social media is just social media. And um, you got to, you know, you got to have your own mind. I, I think that's what it is. Some, some people seeing this stuff that they're and the sad thing as real as it looks <laughs> on social media and, and people getting depressed from those, mm-hmm. from those images and, you know, so yeah that i think do you think that um you know do you believe that like food is also a factor sometimes with certain things because uh dr lardy talks about that he specifically references um the balance of like omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids in our diet um and if most people don't know like omega-3 supplements are um a lot of time recommended for like a lot of things, but particularly like uh, brain functioning. And if you have any type of mood disorder, any type of mental health stuff, obviously your brain is going to be like a contributing factor to that. Um, he's, he talks on his website and, he, and in his book specifically about the amounts that you should use, but that was actually one of the treatment recommendations, like omega-3 increase of omega-3 fatty acid in a particular like ratio. Um, but yeah, so th- but then that also comes back to food because, like, that um, omega threes are found in like oils, and American diet con- like contains a lot of like fried foods, a lot of fast food. It throws off our ratio, and so yeah, that creates a whole lot of problems. So the whole notion of like try to eat healthy, stay away from fast food, like that is it's real, it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to eat yeah, things that are nutritionally dense, nutritionally dense 
meaning that they the food you're eating actually have has nutrients in it like mm-hmm. that's such a simple concept but one that often gets overlooked because a standard American diet doesn't really emphasize that piece yeah right. I think sometimes too some of the foods we think like I remember when I found out like celery basically has no nutritional value at uh-huh. all and you know you think that you know oh I'm eating something green so I'm getting my greens in for the day like uh-huh. I'm, I don't need spinach I ate like six stalks of celery today <laughs> but six. <laughs> yeah but I think I remember reading somewhere like you know you end up burning more calories just from chewing it than you do from actually eating it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and so it's, you know, so like we're just taught you eat greens, mm-hmm. but you thinking, oh, green bean casserole, those are greens. Yeah. But like yeah, all the other, all stuff, the other stuff you didn't add it in. A lot of people eat a salad, but got ham and chicken oh, and <laughs> uh, ranch. Stop, and... stop talking about me. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't be putting me out there like that. Yeah, like, I'm notorious for that. Like, I'm going to get a salad. Can I please get some uh, some grilled chicken breast and put that Chipotle ranch on it? Yes, with the tortillas yeah. and the pico. Oh, and the, just, oof. oh, that sound good. It just sound real good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Karen, let me ask you this. Who, do you, who, who is ultimately responsible for your own mental health? Uh, so I'm 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 thinking about it like it's a thought and it's not really. I would definitely say we are like we are responsible for our own mental health. The mm-hmm. key or the um, caveat to that becomes like I remember one of my professors used to always say in Lipscomb. He would always say like, you know, if you if your brain is what tells you like, oh, your leg is hurting. Um. Oh, the sun is really bright today. Oh, it's it's a little windy outside. If your brain is the thing that always tells you like what's happening and when something is wrong, like what do you do when your brain is the problem? And so it's mm. this weird dynamic of like, yeah, you know, we are responsible for ourselves, but then like by default, you kind of can't be. Um. But I do believe that people know when they are not. Right. Or when they are not their usual self, even if they can't tell you why. Because so many times I have had, I, I even almost expect it now. Like when I ask clients, like, hey, why are you here? Like, what's going on? Why are you seeking therapy? It's usually yeah. a story form. Like, they can't just say, like, oh, yeah, I'm real anxious and I'm depressed um, and I'm having a hard time controlling my emotions. Like, that almost never happens. And if it does, it's because they've already had therapy before or they have a diagnosis. But most people are going to tell you a storybook version of what they've been experiencing. And then me as a clinician, I have to like decode that and figure out mm-hmm. what tell me. Um, so I do believe that people at least know when they're not themselves. So in that way, I think that we're still responsible for ourselves and that when we notice that something is wrong, at least communicating that like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I be seeing shadows at night. Like, and that's not mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think uh, one thing that's always stuck out to me that social media says, and you kind of touched on this a moment ago, you always see the quote that says, like, check on your strong friends. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that kind of goes back, kind of like how you said, like, sometimes, especially when you are that stronger person, you don't know how to verbalize, like, 
look, I help all of y'all. I'm the one that needs the help now. Mm-hmm. And even kind of how you said, you know, sometimes as people, we need to do a better job of like, you know, I haven't heard from this friend in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Let me do a better job of at least like checking on them mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So I guess at the end of the day, like what's one thing for 2020 that you would like to kind of like, you know, a word of advice or whatever you would like to give to our listeners that can kind of get them on the right path, I guess, when it comes to taking control of their mental health? I would say just take, like, just start taking your mental health seriously, which is so, it sounds simple, but in practice, it, it isn't always so like when you feel a certain way take that seriously when you notice like I'm really tired and I don't know why taking that seriously when you notice like I don't want to talk to nobody and I don't like and I don't know when I want to start talking to people again like taking that seriously because all of that are is a part of like your mental health and as black people I think we have been conditioned for so long to just be like forget how you feel just push through and it's not that isn't working for us anymore. Mm-hmm. So just taking our mental health seriously. What would be the first step in taking your mental health seriously? Now, well, let me. Well, what's the first step after you recognize that something's going on with my mental health? Mm-hmm. I would say for most people, like maybe. If you want to reach out to a friend and feel comfortable and being like, hey, like, have you noticed the difference in me? Like, um, or if you have a close friend that you trust just speaking with, like, to mm-hmm. let them know with you. Um, if you don't want to do that or if you feel like, okay, I already know I'm not myself and I already know I'm having a lot of problems. I would say reach out um, to a mental health professional. Psychology Today has a therapist finder, which is like, I, it's not the best in the world, but it's, it is a really effective one because you can sort by insurance, you can sort by city, you can sort by what your actual problem is because there are, you know, therapists that specialize in some problems um, mm-hmm. versus others. So I would say kind of look into like, okay, let me just talk to somebody because um, they'll tell you like, oh no, like I don't really think you need therapy, but you know, just having someone to process your thoughts with can also be helpful. Um, or not, not even, you may not have an actual clinical diagnosis, but having someone to talk to and talk through your problems with can be extremely helpful. Um, this year, I'm trying to do better with um, my business, the Queen Guy, of like offering consultations to where I talk to people about like, okay, what's going on? Uh, what are you looking for? And then kind of be like, their advocate or the liaison between them and like maybe a clinician in their city that can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, they have a, a real person, not a real person, but like a person that they can see, reach, get to know, um, have a conversation with. And then like, I help them find a clinician because unfortunately the nature of mental health is very different than the nature of going to a doctor. Like if you're right. knee hurting, you is you don't have any hangups about going to whatever doctor can fix your knee. Like you know, most people are like, yeah. I have a black therapist, a black doctor that's a woman. Um, they graduated from an HBCU that has natural hair. Like for your doctor, I think we're a little more forgiving. Um, for our mental health, we aren't, 
and that it, there's a reason for that. Um, so I would say try to reach out to a friend or family member first to kind of get their support of like, hey, have you noticed something in me? Okay, I'm thinking about reaching out to a professional. And then when you feel up for reaching out for professional help, because um, sometimes friends and family are the problem, so you can't go to them. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to share or what? you can't share for whatever reason. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's about getting to that close to that time, right? Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Gianna. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Do you want to share uh, any, like, any social media that you have? Yeah, go so ahead and can... plug yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at this, but I gotta learn. So, uh, on Instagram, my uh, Instagram name is at the Bougie Therapist. Um, so at T H E B O U G I E T H E R A P I S T. Um, look, I started sounding like Boosie at the end. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it was so long. Um, I also have like uh, a small business called The Queen Guide. Um, I have an Instagram page for that one too. It's just The Queen Guide. Um, I'm not as active on that one, so the bougie therapist is probably where you can catch me um sharing the most content, but mm-hmm. either one will do. All right. Um what about you? Say so you got a, a business? Yeah. You want the Queen Guide. You want to tell them more about exactly what the Queen Guide is? Yes. So the Queen Guide it started off as an idea of like just how to support black women better. Um in regards to mental health this year I'm kind of wanting to expand it a little more maybe into um being exactly what it sounds like so more so like guiding women through the process of like how to navigate like womanhood um especially like when young adults in like that 20 to 30 period because I realized like that's the time frame in life for like nothing is like everything is changing rapidly yeah. and just trying to get through life but you don't really know what's happening and it, it can be very confusing for anybody um so me having like the mental health perspective on why that is and like i'll be 30 this year so having like the lived experience <laughs> life go to hell in the handbasket fast um <laughs> i really want to like help guide women through that process because a lot of it is attached to like our earlier traumas and us not having had had dealt with that before the year. Um, so the queen guy is just like a platform, um, mostly services, but also just like encouraging content, um, of like informing people of what to expect and then helping them like actually get through that period. So that is amazing. That is wonderful, actually. Yeah. Y'all follow Kiana at the Bougie Therapist. Um, and at the Queen Guy, too. Because, yes. that, you know, that's the company page. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. To... <laughs> yes. We gotta get that up and going. Yeah, <laughs> got it. But, yeah, other than that, y'all know where to find us at Team Rayoni. T-E-A-M-R-Y-O-N-N-I. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Right. Make sure you share this with 11 people. Uh, please rate, subscribe, turn on your notifications uh, for the episodes. I hope you're having more people. Kiana, thank you again. No problem. Thank you. You've been amazing. All right, there we go. Go ahead and end the show. This is Ryan. This is Ronnie. And this has been another 11 Podcast. Bye. Bye.